Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Establishment Coffee. Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 and get 25% off your order. We are back with another episode. Henny, what are we talking about today? Oh man, we're going to talk about a few things, CJ. But uh, to start with, let's just uh, let's get the ball rolling. And uh, what have we been up to? I like everyone's vibe and energy today. I think this is going to be a good it's episode. Been <laughs> <laughs> Look at Thomas, the boss man, smiling from ear to ear, yawning. And hey, he's got a rubbing he's, his face. Yeah, he's got a big he's got a big weekend ahead of him, and I'm you know he's he's got a smile on today. I'm I'm concerned about what's happening. <laughs> um, no, but what have you been up to, CJ? What have you been up to? How's um, your training been, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Yeah, training's been good. Um, I am in a um, development block, so doing a lot of reps and um, yeah, implement, uh, implementing some cardio. I've signed up to the UFC gym, do a lot of boxing there. Let's so go. yeah, pr- training's been really fun, just changing it up and yeah, really enjoying it. Nice. You went up to Brisbane on Monday and did a bunch of filming and yes. media stuff. Yes, loves oh, love going up and seeing everyone up there in Brisbane. There's Heaps of, yeah, I guess just members I haven't um, ever met before, the new members that, yeah, I've never seen, and the, the vibe there is just super chill. It's seriously just like it is here. Mm. Everyone's laughing, everyone's talking smack and having a, like, just clowning around. Like, it's just so not uptight and serious. They're just, they're just all super cool, nice people, and, yeah, love seeing Jamie and Lise there. They're awesome. Just to clarify, people do train hard and take it seriously. Yeah. It's, it's not a... We take training seriously. Not, not a circus up there. Just just making that clear for people <laughs> listening to no, 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 Yes, they all train very hard together. It's, it's not Jamie and Lisa that are clowning around, is it? Nah, then... Oh, Jamie. Jamie <laughs> Jamie's a clown. <laughs> I don't know if Jamie has the ability to not clown. Around. Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. For people listening, Jamie and Lisa are the managers and coaches up at uh, Zero Brisbane. Yes. Two absolute legends. Doing an amazing job up there. Yeah, killing it. Tom Brass, what have you been up to? How's your training? Uh, training's ticking along. I had a, a, a bit of that flu thing last week, which was a bit of a kick in the guts. That was interesting. Uh, but just getting ready for APL Nationals this weekend. Been working working alongside Daniel and, and Bridget especially. Have, have taken the reins and organizing that. And I've just been sort of advising and helping out along the way. Uh, but it's going to be a big show and we've got a lot to do to set up for it and, and run it over the weekend. So looking forward to getting that done um it's pretty crazy like we got 230 ish lifters we had over 300 apply um so a lot of lifters to churn through in in three days and so um if you're listening to this and you are competing actually you know you're not going to hear it till after you're competing no i was actually about to ask can we release this one tomorrow no no okay No. no Absolutely not. <laughs> Never ask a stupid question like that again. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, uh, hopefully the – it's always interesting as the meet organizer. Like you – it's like running a birthday party. You see everything that you're not happy with and no one else really sees it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you have to appreciate the amount of organization and effort and the, the leaps and bounds that Bridget and Daniel have taken to make sure everyone is looked after. So – um, I'm really looking forward to the show coming together and, and seeing everyone that's traveled up from interstate to, to compete and all the Queensland crew. It's going to be an amazing weekend. 
I cool. can't wait to meet some of the people that I've been talking to yeah. like, through emails and stuff and put some faces to names. It's going to be awesome. For sure. Yeah. James Hendry, what about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've just been uh, chipping away. Um, <clears throat> I am from this weekend, two weeks out from the half marathon. Yes. Nice. Yeah, my training's going awesome. I'm loving it. Nice. Uh, I had my hardest run so far last week. You did 30? No, last week was 22K, but 20. with a 5K tempo. Okay. In there, in the mix, which was fun. Um, and then tomorrow morning, I've got a, another hard run. But other than that, life's really good. What's uh, what's the hard run tomorrow? Tomorrow I've got... <clears throat> so all up, it's 21K tomorrow. So wh- what what makes it hard? Is it the, the distance? Like when you say a hard run, is it like 20 plus, 15 plus? Kind nah, of so distance is fine. You can do long, easy runs all day kind of thing. Yeah. But tomorrow it's like a 3K warm up and then it's two sets of seven. Two sets of seven kilometers with a 1K float in between. Okay. And then the two sets of seven kilometers are meant to be at like at my race pace or faster. Okay. So they're going to be... Uh, Which are pretty full on. Yeah. So it's like a... Essentially, I'm peaking. Yeah. I'm peaking for this race. Mm. Yep, um, yep, yep. And what's a float? A float's like six minutes per K. Like so, a rest. Yeah. So your recovery run. So you're, I'm going to float at about six minutes, 6.30 per K in between my sets of seven. And the seven Ks, what's the, what's the, like the game pace? What sort of well, time the f- per K? The first one I'd love to hit around uh, for the first one, I want to be conservative. And in ru- in running is called a negative split. So you want to do your first half slower than your... You want to be able to empty the tank in the last half. Yeah, yeah. So the first one I want to be able to do between 5 and 5.10 per K. And then the second one I want to go anywhere between 4.40 and yeah, 4.50. Well. Yeah. So pretty, like that's 50% quicker than the rest, the floating yeah. kilometer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And w- what's tempo? Uh, so like it's, yeah, it's just a being able to hold a pace. Yeah, but like what, when you did the 5K tempo last week, Oh, so what time are you doing per K there? So the fastest kilometer I did in the 5K tempo, but the tempo kicked in at 12 kilometers. Okay. So you're doing 12 easy and then all of a sudden you got 5K hard. And the fastest kilometer I did was 424 per K. Oh, so tempo is quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just taking powerlifting speak. Yeah. I'm thinking like tempo is slow it down and hold that pace. Yeah. Nah, it's... It's um, it's cool. It's I'm learning something every every session, and like I got yeah. some pretty cool people around me that are helping me. Like my one of my best mates and housemate, John Brooks. He writes all my programming. Yep. Well, his brother used to write my programming, but Johnny's just been helping with this prep. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm mm. loving it because it's still so new. Even though I've done it a little bit before, it's yeah. just a, it's a new journey, and I'm a I'm a I'm a rookie. Like I'm a student, so it's cool. Good to be a beginner again. Yeah, like enjoying the process this time. Yeah. Like uh, what happened with my last powerlifting prep, I just had fuck. I was so focused on the end result mm-hmm. uh, where now I'm just like, all right, learn to enjoy the journey. Um, right. Yeah, so it's cool. Nice. Mm. Bridget, what have you been up to? I haven't been training much the past week. I've been off work for about four days. I went out and visited my mum and dad on the weekend. So I had my first day back training today. Nice. Squats. It was very hard. <laughs> yeah, very, very hard. <laughs> but yeah, um, just same as CJ. I'm in a volume block. Loving it, absolutely loving it. But um, yeah, I had a lovely weekend visiting my parents. I'm happy to be back where it's warm. It was about two degrees out there. so Yeah, geez. Yeah, freezing cold. Even during the day? Um, during the day, it would get up to maybe like nine or ten. Do they I have think. a fireplace? They do. They have a oh, beautiful big fireplace. So yeah, we spent Good. all our time in there in the lounge room. And yeah, it was awesome. Nice to be back home. How was your car's weekend? <laughs> Different story. <laughs> it... It was interesting. I was about, uh, Mungandai, where I'm from, it's about seven hours away and I was about 10 k's from home and it was getting dark and anyone who lives in the bush knows that you shouldn't drive at night time. 
And the reason is because there's kangaroos everywhere mm. and you don't see them coming. And that's what happened to me. Jump straight into my car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My it <laughs> happened. Yeah, it happened. I was oh, talking it you about it. It Go happened. Look at that car later. Mm. It's parked out in the middle. Okay. Yeah, it's all taped up. But yeah, I'm getting it fixed oh, next week. It's going to be Dang. okay. And for everyone wondering about the kangaroo, I think he was okay. I couldn't see him anywhere. He probably got up and hopped away. They're pretty strong. They're, t- <laughs> they're tough as. They are very yeah. tough. Yeah. yeah. You think they'd learn, eh? After watching all their homies, uh, <laughs> yeah, get dang, cleaned up. Probably yeah, took out a headlight. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Proper. Proper get a you probably would like proper get a shock. Yeah, I did. I was sort of, I got a bit complacent though, because I'm like, oh, I haven't seen a kangaroo the whole drive. Like it's fine, and I'm almost home, and I had like music blasting, and I was like having a great time, and then there he was. Yeah, out oh of nowhere. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did you stop or did I you just hit going? the brakes and I swerved? If I had to hit him head on, it would have destroyed my car and probably killed him. So <laughs> so I'm grateful for the fact that it, it could have been a lot worse, but it wasn't. Oh, so yeah. you swerved before you hit him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dang. So you saved a life. Mm. I did. I did. I saved a life and I saved my car. Hey, so, yeah. two birds, one stone. Yeah, that's it. Oh, don't, <laughs> don't talk about killing things. Yeah. <laughs> bit soon for that, just in case. <laughs> All right. If you're kangaroo listening to this, Bridget uh, <laughs> sends a apologies. <laughs> Hop along. All right. Uh, I'm going to try something new for this episode. All right. I'm gonna. We're gonna do our gratitudes. Nice. We're gonna say something that we're grateful for. You know, just assist the trajectory for the day. You know, it sits you on a good path. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel good. Makes you step back. Uh, makes you, you know, makes you realize sometimes that life isn't that bad. Cool. Cool. So, so we're going to start with some gratitudes. You're welcome to do three or if you just want, because I've kind of chucked you all on the spot here. Just give us one thing you're grateful for and why. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do a couple today. Uh, the first thing I'm grateful for was my cup of coffee this morning. Uh, now that I've reduced my caffeine, caffeine intake significantly, I really get to enjoy that one cup of coffee, one to two cups. Um, and yeah, you really make the most of it. And you know, it's not a before it was. It wasn't something I got to enjoy because I just drunk it to fucking keep me alive because <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sleeping properly. So now I get to really enjoy that cup of coffee, and it's delicious. The second thing I'm grateful for is getting to talk on this podcast and call it work. Mm. That's pretty fun. Thank you, Thomas. Yes. Very grateful mm. for you for setting this up. You're welcome. Uh, look at this. We got beautiful mics. We got beautiful fucking backdrop, beautiful chairs, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful people. I'm fucking grateful for this. CJ, good job, brother, putting this all together. <laughs> Amen. Uh, grateful for you, Gidge, getting behind the mic, getting out of your comfort zone. Yes. So I'm really fucking, <laughs> look at us all smiling about these gratitudes. <laughs> You're really good at it <laughs> too, now too, Bridget. You not, talk way not, more. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah? Do. Mm, oh, you do. good. And so, yeah, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for work. The third thing I'm grateful for is I just want to shout out a client. Uh, he's like my little brother. You can like my little nephew, Jordan Cameron. Yep. His parents, uh, Trish and Renus, are two of my best friends. Mm-hmm. But um, I posted a photo on Instagram this morning on the Zero Instagram of me and Jordy. And uh, in the first photo, he's like a head shorter than me, really small. He weighed 50.8 kilos. And in the second photo, he's taller than me. And he weighs 63.8 kilos. Wow. So he's put on 13 kilos and he's fuck, He's pretty solid now as well. And uh, just watching his journey and being a part of it has uh, been a blessing and I'm super grateful for it. Like uh, when he started, he couldn't bench press the bar. Mm. And now he bench presses like 50 kilos quite easily. Uh, he can trap bar deadlift the same as his mum, which is crazy because she trained forever. Mm. And so he trap bar deadlifts around 120. He can uh, deadlift with a barbell 
he did 90 this morning really easily, but we haven't pushed that um, just because he's in season at the moment, so we don't really need to push anything. Um, he's just gotten so much stronger, so much more confident, and I'm super grateful that we get to, you know, call this work and help people become better. It's very special, man. Like, mm. I mean, you, you, you met Charlie Evans. I don't know if CJ or Bridget ever even know who he is, but Charlie Evans, he was, he was a kid. He was 13 when he signed up at, um, at PTC when it was over at Narang. He was a 13 year old kid. He was like six foot and 140 kilos then. Um, and he stayed with us all the way until he got a scholarship in the States for gridiron and, and moved over there. Yeah, wow. um, he's, he's back in town in a month or two. His dad just messaged me the other day, but like same thing. Like I've got a photo of him a, a month or two after he started and then a photo of me and him when he, when he headed off. I'll, maybe I should post that as well. So um, it's, it's just, it's incredible watching, watching these kids grow up and, and having such a huge positive influence on their life that you just don't realize when you're mm. doing it. You're just training and hanging out and you don't realize how valuable that is to to a uh, a kid in their formative years like that it's it's pretty incredible um yeah it's it's very heartwarming and it's it's part of what no matter how like i think back then running the gym sucked you know mm. i sucked at it the gym sucked I, like it was it was a, a real labor of love and people like that just made it like no matter how hard this gets i'm gonna make it work because of, of the role that we play in these people's lives 100% and sometimes because we do this for a job sometimes we're doing you know five six sessions in a row or it's days it's five days in a row kind of thing we forget how special that hour is to the client mm-hmm. yeah because it's so routine for us for sure mm. Tom Bras, do you want to give us your your gratitudes yeah I mean I guess my my biggest gratitude is just the the team of amazing people that I have around me um, like I get, I get comments all the time about zero and, and, you know, a lot of the times they're directed at me, I'll po- post something about business or whatever. And they'll be like, Oh, you're doing so well. It's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm part of a team that's doing really well. And people don't understand that without us, without you three here, without Nick and Daniel and Lucy and Rochelle and Lisa and Jamie and Mareka and Wick and Khan and Becker and Dean and Carly and everyone, that this doesn't happen like this this doesn't exist it's not thomas it's not a thomas show it's the zero show and the zero show is made up of an amazing team of amazing people um and it it is crazy to wake up and be surrounded by such a cool team of people like it's it yeah it, it makes every again like i was saying before it's not always easy doing this shit it makes it so much easier it makes it worth doing it makes every hard thing seem not hard at all that's a that's a beautiful uh that's a beautiful gratitude, Tom Brass. And we're fucking we're all super grateful for you. I'm also my my other big gratitude. I think about this a lot, and it's kind of I, I don't know how silly it is or whatever, but I get up and I walk Buddy for an hour and a half every morning, and I'm so grateful that I can do that. You know, yeah. I can wait, and not just in the sense that I can have the time to do that, but the weather here mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think of all the friends i have around the world that can't just get up and, and take their dog for a walk or are, are so limited by how shit the weather is like i can wear shorts and t-shirt all the time it's pretty cool okay yeah anyway that's a that, that's an awesome gratitude like mm. there's people in fucking war zone war zones and you know they don't have the opportunity to do that so that's cool can't mm. walk down the street safely yeah mm. yeah cj you got some gratitudes for us brother yeah I'm very grateful for uh, the life we get to live here in terms of the restrictions of COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, for sure. I, I just think about – I was just driving the other day and I was just thinking, like, 
life is very normal now here. Like we, we don't have to, like, I'm so grateful that I don't have to wear a mask. Mm. Uh, I got a t- reminder of that when we went to Pro Raw and had to wear it on the plane and, you know, in the airport. And I, I forgot how horrible it is wearing one. Man, I still have to wear it everywhere in South Africa. Yeah. They're, they're there still, still in those sort of phases, yeah. Yeah. When I still see, yeah, things on TV with people wearing masks, you know, in place where, yeah, you have to. Yeah, I, I'm just so grateful that I can breathe. Because I remember how horrible it mm. was and not... Uh, being able to go eat out at places and now we can travel into Satan. Life's very normal. Like we, we complain about not traveling internationally, but besides that, everything's very normal for us now. And it wasn't like that even for the rest of the country. Like we got very, very blessed here in Queensland. And yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah. It, we, I, it, we almost forget what life was like in 2020, mm. what, what the world was like. And, you know, when everything hit the fan and yeah, the way things are now, it's, I'm so yeah, so grateful that, yeah, with, especially with our work and being able to go to a gym and mm-hmm. all that. Like, oh, I remember when I couldn't train. It was the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I'm very grateful for the, I guess, the high caliber of people that I have around me. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and there was, you know, kind of talking about how they struggled to find people that they could trust. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, you, you can't just trust anyone. You got to find quality people that you can trust. And I have that in, like, I haven't, that in abundance. You know what I mean? And this person was like in a different kind of world to me. And I couldn't really say, oh, you should meet my friend this. Like, it just wasn't, we were in mm. different kind of worlds. So that to me is like, I walked away, I was like, I can't imagine what it'd be like if I didn't have an abundance of friends or when I say abundance, I don't mean heaps, but like a good amount of people that I could, trust and lean on and whatnot like if i didn't have that and was struggling to find someone to or or to have a real friend like Mm -hmm. gosh i don't know what i'd be like i'd be pretty unstable you know what i mean so i'm very grateful and they just happen to be there in my life you know so yeah i think about what life would be like without those things and i'm very grateful i have them that's beautiful brother good dog what are you um, this grateful is for? going to be a very obvious one, but I'm grateful for Buddy. It's <laughs> not every job, not every job you can um, come in and chill out and pat a dog all day. And I'm just happy for his company. He's with me like twice a week. And he always sits downstairs with me on the chair, like at the desk and always sits with me here during the podcast. And I just love his company. He's just the best boy. <laughs> That's an awesome. I love him. Animals. Yeah. He's a good boy. Yes. I hope one day that everyone who follows Zero gets to meet Buddy. He's we need to do some Buddy merchandise, please. Yeah, Can we make some Buddy Zero shirts? There's been people requesting yeah, them. Yeah, there actually so. has been. Yeah. He's literally the best behaved dog he I've ever is. met in my life. Yeah. 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 Like there's no denying it. You don't have to worry about him like running away. He's just always chilling somewhere. He's just very food yeah. driven. Yeah. And if he wants anything, he'll just bark at you. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, buddy merchandise, please. He, he only shirts. barks at suckers. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget, you feed him. Who else feeds no, him? If in he here? needs, if he wants to go for a walk or he has to go to the bathroom, he'll yeah. bark at me. Meg He's feeds him. Like he barks at he barks at Meg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shush! We don't feed him. What are you talking about? Oh, hey, that's good. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. That's why he gets home every night and doesn't touch his dinner. <laughs> hey, no, but on a serious note, uh, that was awesome. That was a uh, nice. We are. Uh, 
addition to the podcast, practicing your gratitudes? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to put it in there, but I ha- I gave it some thought and I'm like, yeah, I think this would be a good topic. James, what do you think of this? <laughs> James wasn't on board, so took it to the, the full team. They also weren't on board, but I pushed for it and I'm glad I did. So thanks, Thomas. <laughs> Thank it's you, really- Thomas. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Nice change from the grievance of the week. <laughs> yeah, we've flipped yeah. it. We've yeah. really flipped it. Turning right. it positive. <laughs> All right. Um, so once again, we spoke about, we've got nationals coming up this weekend. It's APL nationals. This will be the first APL nationals that we've had full, well, not we, but Daniel, yeah, Bridget, yourself as the advisor, you know, we've had full control over, mm. um, which is going to be fucking awesome. There's been a lot of effort that's gone into it. Like there's 180 lifters. It's going to be at a... 230 lifters. 230, my yep. apologies. Uh, 230 lifters. It's going to be at the Novotel Hotel in Surfers Paradise. Um, <clears throat> there's it's, The seating's going to be an auditorium, so it's going to be a proper spectacle. This is like a proper event, which is fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on nationals. If anyone's got anything they want to talk about, any athletes they're excited to look at, to, uh, to watch, to see, to see how they perform. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I mean, I'm excited for all the zero lifters, not just the lifters that I work with directly, but everyone's been having great preps coming into it. Um, there's a couple of lifters uh, that I do work with directly that are going for big things. So um, Lydia Hanke, she is going for a 600 kilo total, uh, wow. which which will be massive for her. Um, she did have her sights set on the all-time Australian deadlift record, but it got nudged up quite a bit and it might be just out of reach now. Um, however, uh, she's she's going to go hard and go for that go for that six hundred total, which will be amazing to see. Um, you know, Lydia, since working with Zero, has come a long way. She's lost thirty kilos of body weight. She's added a tremendous amount to her total. Uh, she has done so with with some physical limitations as well. Um, her knees don't work. Her knees are not normal knees, and so. Um, you know, she, she's faced a lot of mental battles that come with that and she's done amazing to get on top. And this has been the cruisiest prep that she's had, both in terms of uh, making weight and everything going smoothly and the body holding up. So uh, I'm really excited for her. I am extremely excited also for Tom Hardy. Um, He's a weapon. Tom Hardy, I mean, like, if you don't know Tom Hardy, you don't follow Tom Hardy, you should. He's, uh, I would say he is probably got the one of the brightest futures in powerlifting of anyone that I know like Mm. this kid works harder than anyone I know and uh, basically wants it more than anyone and not in a not in a like cheesy I want it but like lives and breathes actually wants this thing and has demonstrated his ability to just grind and work for it consistently for many 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 years like we started working together in 2000 and whatever I don't even know now 16 maybe 15 um, he squatted 220. Now he squats 360, probably even That's more insane. at the competition. Um, as, as a as a hundred kilo kid, like he's 24 years old, mm. maybe 25. I yeah, remember. he's definitely the most dedicated and committed powerlifter. And he's just, he's just a good kid, man. man like he's, he's. I was he's just about so to say nice. that he's the nicest yeah. guy you'll ever meet. He's the guy yeah. you want around the gym. Yeah. yeah, I love when he's here. Like when people meet him, they're like, "That guy's so nice." Mm. And then they watch him lift, and like, "That guy's the fucking strongest yeah. guy I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he just he just wants it like he mm. just wants to be better, not a not a shred of arrogance on the kid like he's not one bit. And he he's a kid that should be arrogant. Like yeah, that's how strong he is. So all the best to to Tommy and of course Sue, who I've mentioned before as well, has had an amazing prep. She's doing really well. 
Um, can't wait to see what she puts up. Meg, Meg has been working really hard yes. and she's had a really messed up hip and shoulder the entire prep and has just been grinding through. So um, I dare say she's probably not going to be stoked with the numbers she hits on squats and bench press, but to have even made it to the competition in the first place and push through the pain that she was getting is, is, is a feat in itself. And um, yeah, I mean, I could list off every zero lifter. Mm. Every zero lifter has just been working so hard. So Mick stayed so positive. I didn't even know she was injured because of how positive she is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting to the point where she like couldn't reach up to a top shelf to get something wow. off the shelf because her shoulder was that messed up. Uh, so she's, she's done not only well to conceal it, but mm. well to just, uh, push through and um, work really hard and yeah that's awesome another very uh, pleasant person to have around the gym yeah another yeah. another positive uh, energy that you want you want to be around Sandy too Sandy got really yeah. sick for the, like the last three she weeks did, yeah the, her whole peak has been basically sickness and she's just kind of come back to life so she's coming in uh, coming in now to try and do the best that she can and I'm confident that she'll still PB that's awesome yeah yeah she's always so positive about it too I don't know if she was sick mm. really sick yeah um, what about well, you guys? Who who are you excited for? I know you got I'm Ryan coming for in. Paris, Paris, yeah, yeah she squatted a hundred. Squatted a hundred for the first easy. time. Yeah, it was so easy, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Paris is another one that's been with us since age twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Mm. What yeah. is she now? Seventeen. She's yeah. seventeen. Yeah. yeah, and she competed at Queensland States what three months ago, and she failed. I think her eighty-seven point five kilo squat. Yeah. And now she's squatting a hundred like with ease. It's insane. Her prep has been amazing. Yeah, that was yeah. her first comp back after a long hiatus. Yeah. So it's cool to see her back back fully on the horse and, and training independently. Yeah. And, um, and she yeah. plays footy on the weekend as well. And she's got school. She's in her final year of school and she still comes in here and trains so hard. Like She's yeah. incredible. Fun yeah. bit of uh, zero trivia. Her dad built our desk. So there you go. Really? <laughs> there you go. Big Mick. Yeah, <laughs> He's big a legend. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a few people competing over the weekend, which is going to be awesome. I don't want to miss anyone now, but i got Ryan... Lem, Alexis, Amy, Jimmy Barnes, uh, Jordan Castles, David Wilcock. Is there more? <laughs> you know who yeah. we're finally going to get to meet? James Godfrey Webster. Is he competing? He's competing on Friday, yeah. That's sick. He's a, he's super strong he's too. He's super eh? strong. Yeah, it's exciting. James has been with Zero for a long time. Uh, he's not a social media guy, so you wouldn't have ever seen his videos shared. Or I shared a video of once of his squat transformation. If you ever go through my feed and see it, he was the guy with the extremely rounded back that now squats pretty good. Um, but yeah, he he got it. He got pretty injured. He tore his lat a little while ago, so he had a rocky prep. Um, but did states now he's flying up and doing nationals and yeah it'll be it's cool to meet people who you've known and maybe spoken to on the phone once or twice for like. Four years, and then you finally get oh, to meet. Oh wait, you've never met him either. I've never met James in real life. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've coached him for like four years. I've never met him. That's wild. That's crazy. Because four years, I find this weird. Because when you meet them, it's like you, it's feels like you've known them forever. Yeah, like yeah. it's not an awkward experience or anything. Yeah, I've spoken to him on the phone twice. Mm. Uh, one time he broke his hand because someone was trying to steal a car, or a bunch of guys were trying to steal a car, and he fought them off. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy! What a guy! Um, <laughs> I can't remember the second time. Something similar. <laughs> That's sick. No, that'll be cool. He's competing in the one two fives, one tens, one two fives. Yeah, one two fives. He's a light one two five. I think he's yeah. one twelve. Okay, cool. Yeah, but he, he's looking to go somewhere in the mid two hundreds for a squat with with no wraps. Um, mid one hundreds bench, and he really wants a three hundred deadlift. So yeah, man. Um, ho- hopefully, the environment, the atmosphere brings him to life, and he he nails that on the day. That's awesome. sick. Yeah, CJ, who are you looking forward to seeing? Non-specific, um, it's a huge weekend, like three days. I, I'm just keen to see 
I guess be surprised and see who, you know, people I've never met or seen, you know, travel from around and I guess just find more people to follow on Instagram. Really. <laughs> That's what Pro Roll was like for me. You know, I'm, I'm keen to just see the talent mm. that comes. It's a good political response. Yes. I'm just exciting to, this will be the first time I'm like fully blown in my coaching bag the whole weekend. Like this is the most uh, lifters I've had at a comp. Yeah, when you were listing them off, I didn't realize there was that many doing it. Yeah, I'm sure I've. Uh, there's so- more too. I'm sure yeah, there's I'm, more. I'm sorry yeah. if I've left you off the list, but there. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are a few more because when I worked it out at one stage, I thought there was ten or eleven. Mm. Are all of them competing in raps? Um, <sighs> I know, that, that's what. I'm, as soon as <laughs> I hope not. as soon as you said all those names, I'm just. I was like, I feel so sorry for. <laughs> nah, now that I'm not low bar squatting, like I really enjoy uh, rapping knees again. Mm. That's good. Yeah, no, nah, it's good. Kathy, Kathy Grant's another one. Kathy Grant's been with Zero for a very long time. Um, and similar to Lydia, she's lost a tremendous amount of weight in the last two years um, and maintained or at least gained a little with strength on all their lifts. So she's gone for some PBs as well. And um, she's a trooper. She works really hard. That's awesome. Uh, works really hard despite, you know, wh- whatever's going on in, in her life. And she's had some, some issues with uh, trap and shoulder problems through this prep and she's still... Um, hitting good benches and squatting PBs and, and her deadlifts looking really strong. So looking forward to seeing what Kathy does over the weekend too. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, on that note, we're gonna the, we're gonna kick off the topic now. So the topic for today's uh, podcast is setting yourself up for a successful meet. Mm. How do we do that, Tom Brass? You've had the most experience here. How many competitions have you done, by the way? Like how many have I competed in? Yeah, I don't actually know. Well. Uh, like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, it would be, this is the weird thing. I've, I've gone to my open powerlifting to try and look it up, mm. but I get the feeling that a lot of comps in the early days, people were writing my name down as Tom. Yeah. Um, and I don't pop up or uh, those records just got wiped off of um, websites or whatever. Like, yeah. or when PA changed their weight classes, all this sort of stuff. Like there's only one of my PA comps listed and I did several of them. Um, there's only a few of my early GPC comps listed and I did basically every comp that popped up. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. So You've still got a pretty extensive list when you type in Thomas Lilly. It's still bigger than the majority of the people I know, which yeah. is crazy. I've done a lot regardless. Uh, but more than that, I've taken hundreds, if not more than a thousand lifters to competitions successfully. Yep. So yeah, I've got, got a little bit of experience in getting a successful meet. Seasoned. Seasoned, isn't it? All right. Well, let's uh, let's start by what are some, uh, what are some bigger what are the fundamentals to setting yourself up for a successful meet what are things we need to tick off what are things we need to make sure we're doing if we want to have a good meet are we so so much of having a good meet is just the preparation going into it yeah um one thing i want to say and like i want to unpack this with rochelle when we do a nutrition one eventually can you tee one up with her yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um we should do it tomorrow when she's here but whatever uh is is people tend to do weight classes and nutrition backwards when it comes to competition so they're like okay well i'm whatever 16 weeks out the competition's coming up oh shit i better tighten up my my nutrition because i've got to make sure i make weight and then they start eating less to try and cut weight a little bit to get into their weight class and then get close to the peak they're like fuck gotta eat a little bit less cut more in the peak do a crazy water cut make weight it should be the opposite it should be like you eat into your peak you relax you do the comp, then you're like, fuck, now I need to tighten things up, make sure I'm sitting at a weight that I can then eat in a surplus or at maintenance at and the next time I peak. Like if you set the cycle to be the other way around from what most people do it, your performance just goes through the roof. You know, and th- I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I was saying just before, you know, 
Liddy's had the smoothest prep so far. A big part of it is because every prep we've done to this point has been trying to lose weight at the same time or at least um, transferring quickly between, okay, we've been in deficit to lose weight, now we're getting into comp mode, let's cut the deficit. This time around, we were at comp weight or within striking range of comp weight six months out. That's awesome. So we've been able to eat significantly all the way through the most foundational training and it's just made everything so much oh, better. Wow. And people don't realize how much of an impact on performance doing it the opposite has in a negative way, like eating less coming into a comp. But if you do it every single comp, you just don't know because it just becomes the average, the standard. Um, so preparation in all senses, you know, programming, peaking, but especially the nutrition and the making weight aspect is huge. And I think it's something that is not talked about enough and something that's done really poorly consistently. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and on monitoring nutrition, Bridget, your last meet you had was December last year. Yeah, that year. was the Christmas cup. You probably had the you had the perfect meet. You went nine for nine. You PB'd everything. Day. And you mentioned one of the things you did was you monitored your nutrition I the entire I time. Everything. Made sure to get all my macros right and made a huge difference. And um, now when we talk about training, that's one thing you always say. You're like, I need to start monitoring mm. my nutrition a little bit better, tracking what I'm doing, uh, food wise. You know, because like you said, Thomas, when I we want to eat to perform. We want to fuel our performance. And uh, you can't really, you know, you can't get stronger in a caloric deficit. You, you can't, but you can't. You know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not ideal. So it's what, not ideal. Yeah. So like what you said, Thomas. Um, CJ's like, you guys have to make weight. <laughs> <laughs> Losers. Wow. <laughs> like, uh, I know I've, I've spoken about this a million times. I'm just going to give you another example of a really fucking poor planning. Like, piss poor planning leads to poor performance mm-hmm. uh, was my last meet in 2019 you know I did the fucking water cut of death I didn't plan anything I just I was fixed on this weight class but what did I do to you know what did I do what steps did I take to compete in that weight class you nothing lied to your coach yeah I did nothing to monitor my nutrition to maximize my performance so therefore I had a shitty performance mm. I started eating good seven days out from comp I don't think that's I don't think that's ideal. Yeah. No, 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 that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what Chad Wesley Smith used to call the super heavyweights? What he'd say it was the stress-free weight class, <laughs> except for on your heart and your knees. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, so good. No weight classes in the jungle. All right, so monitoring nutrition—that's a big—that's a big one we can tick off. Uh, setting yourself up for a successful meet. Absolutely. The next one I want to talk about is monitoring your training. So it's a little bit difficult this year with people competing a lot because we've got Worlds at the end of the year, so the IPL drug-free Worlds. We've got Nationals, APL Nationals, and before this we had States. Oh. So monitoring your training and uh, like, what do you reckon, Thomas, with the short turnaround between comps? What, what, what yeah, you- short turnaround peaks are always a nightmare. Yeah. They, they don't work. Like the, the, the illusion people have created over the years is that a prep is 12 weeks or a peak is 12 weeks. I don't even know where the number 12 came from. I think it was stolen from bodybuilding because people used to start dieting hard like 12 weeks out. Um, You don't get bigger or stronger in 12 weeks. Like I I always find it really ridiculous when people are like, we're going to monitor, you know, the hypertrophy over this block and the strength gains over this block and then we can pivot and make changes and it's four weeks. (laughs) How much bigger and stronger are you going to get in four weeks? It doesn't do jack shit. Like, um, so 12, 12 week blocks you know it, it, it doesn't you don't get that much stronger so if you do stays and then 13 weeks later you got nationals 
the most you can hope for is to clean up your performance, maybe add a tiny bit of strength in that time, but it's not going to be significant, especially the more experienced you are. And so that this just comes down to like macro planning, mm -hmm. like a, a, a good powerlifting uh, coach or a good powerlifting point of view would be, you don't look at when is the next comp, let's plan for that. You look at your year and you say, what comp is the most important? What comp do I peak hardest for? And then the other ones, they're just stepping stones along the way. And you you may peak for them, but you peak very soft, like very short period of time, very quick turnaround between training and peaking rather than a long drawn out, like linear climb into the competition is probably going to set you up to, to make more progressive improvements over time. It's been really hard this year, especially with the demographic. So like if you're relatively new to lifting and you're trying to do states nationals worlds you kind of have to go as hard as you can to hit the qualifying total so i get that and the the younger and um, less experienced you are the easier that is to get away with but yeah. ev eventually you can't do that yeah like essentially the the more time you spend expressing your strength like the less time you, the less time you spend building your strength that's for sure it. so that's why we need to spend uh, longer periods in those you know the development phases or the uh, whatever you want to call them, everyone's got a different name for them. For sure. Um, it's easy to break it down. Like if, yeah. I, if you let me do this real quick, like look at a week, uh, a year, 52 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. Cut out two weeks for Christmas and other going away, whatever. You got 50 weeks. Call a block four weeks in deload, call it five weeks. You got 10 blocks. If a block of peaking, you do not get bigger and stronger. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. And a block of conditioning, you do not get bigger and stronger. That's a fact. So if you work less than 65%, more than sort of 90%, you're not getting bigger or stronger. If you do three comps per year and you peak for all of them, there's 15 weeks gone. If you do a conditioning block after each peak, there's half the year gone straight away. Or more than half the year gone straight away. Let's say you just do one conditioning block. That's still 20 weeks gone. That's almost half a year gone. And so when you start to look at it like that, we don't actually have that much time in a year when it comes to getting bigger and stronger. And so, it's a, you know, bear in mind, I'm, my biases, I work with very experienced people who need to maximize absolutely the time they, they spend getting better. When you're a beginner, you can get away with it a little bit more. But um, even if you are a beginner, set yourself up like you're going to be an experienced person and you'll get better results anyway. Um, but yeah, what I'm trying to say here is, Exactly. I'm just echoing what James said. The more time you spend peaking, the less time you spend getting stronger. Mm. I'm really impressed by your quick maths as well. Yeah, that's good. It's on my first rodeo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, it also just made me want to talk about. I forgot to mention this before with the nutrition. Uh, with the manager monitoring your nutrition, heading into comp, don't start eating random shit you've never mm. eaten before yeah. on on comp day. That's gonna. Yeah. You know, that can be a nightmare for you. I actually spoke to Amy Scales this morning. I had a video call with her, who's one of my clients competing this weekend. She mentioned that at one of her comps, uh, one of her coaches gave her some sodium tablets on the day, nice. which she's never had before. Yeah. And she just started vomiting everywhere. Nice. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, little things like that. Uh, you know, eat foods that aren't too foreign. Eat things that you've eaten before. Like, the main two things you need on game day are carbohydrates and sodium. So you want to be, you know, you want to be replenished. You want to be hydrated. For sure. Uh, they're the two big rocks you need to turn over. Um, and then again, just don't eat like a dickhead. Like, and try not to overdose on caffeine. I did that at my first comp. Yeah. I couldn't even talk to anyone by the end of the day. I just had to leave. Yeah. Like, <laughs> CJ, you said you did the same thing at your comp. You're a little bit rattled from too much caffeine. Mm. Yeah, I took a scoop of pre before squats and then I benched and then I took a sc another scoop before deads <laughs> and... Um, it just made me really nervous. Yeah. Like I was already nervous, but it made me super nervous. Yes. Yeah, I had yeah. like eight shots of coffee. 
Yeah. It's so bad. Uh, you, comp day, you want less caffeine than you mm. would normally have because you've got so much adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it just turns you in. If you don't know what to do with that high heart rate and that, like, lump in your throat, it, it just turns you into an anxious mess. Mm. Mm-hmm. Can't focus. Because I remember, I think you might have told me this, in 2019, you said Scott Watson likes to eat rice, soy sauce and bacon. Yeah. Nice. So that I did that. Delicious. I was like, yeah, "What am I? So I was like, what am I doing? I've never done this before.'" And mm. I just started, you know, picking things that I've seen other people do uh, on the internet. What they do on comp day. I remember there was one. There was like a tomato juice, which was really high in sodium. So I bought that as well. Oh, it's so high in acid. You'd just be feeling terrible. It was disturbing all day. Oh, it was the worst thing ever. And I was so sick the day before that comp because I was like, "Yes, yeah, as soon as I weigh in." Get this tomato juice. Gonna guzzle this tomato juice, and I was like, oh. "I've never drunk tomato juice before." It just <laughs> left me feeling so sick. Um, it's my plane drink. It's the drink really? I I drink on international flights. Yeah, yeah. Because as a kid, when we used to come to Australia, I'd always ask for a spicy tomato juice. Really? Yeah. Do you like the taste of it? Or yeah, I love it. Yeah, true. Yeah. Do you know when I'm drinking tomato juice, it kind of feels like a soupy texture. Yeah. Have you never had Bloody Marys before? No. Nah. Really? No. Nah. Wow. It's just spicy tomato juice with vodka. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. that's oh. all it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, 100% right. And a big mistake people make with 24-hour weigh-ins is like they make weigh and they're like, oh, yeah, party time. Mm-hmm. No, 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 party time's after the comp. <laughs> so if you're going to smash party. like burgers, pizzas, brownies, donuts, all that stuff, save it for after the comp. Mm. Like it's really going to hamper your refeeding efforts because it'll limit the amount of calories, sodium, water that you can get in. You want to eat good food, food that you're used to, food that will fuel your performance. And then after the comp, go ham. Yeah, nice. Because, um, yeah, sweet. So monitoring nutrition, tick. Monitoring your training, tick. Um, <clears throat> creating a routine for yourself in your prep, preparation. Uh, and what makes a good routine? One that takes less than one minute, James. <laughs> 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 yeah, okay. So, uh <laughs> I guess um, creating a routine for yourself in your prep is, you know. Um, are, are you talking about like routine in terms of setting up? Uh, on game day? I mean like in terms of like how long it takes you to set up under the bar, wrap your knees, get ready, that kind of thing? No, nah, but we can actually, let's touch on that now. Because that's, that's what I hear when you say routine. Like I think yeah. of someone like Stenzel. Stenzel is extremely slow between getting his wraps, knee, his knees wrapped and getting under the bar because the setup takes a long time. So for most lifters, I time it so I'm picking you up off the seat when they say platform's ready or bar is loaded. Whereas for him, I need to do it a lifter or two early because he takes a long time for all the stuff that happens in between that. Um, And so if you do have an extended routine, nothing wrong with that. Just make sure it still conforms to the rules of the comp. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? I was meaning like, uh, you know, leading up to comp preparation on a daily basis in terms of training, how to get the most out of your training sessions, mm-hmm. you know, uh, making sure you're getting to sleep at the right time. So making sure you've got a solid sleep routine. Not everyone has the luxury to, you know, allocate time to having a, a sleep routine, but uh, making sure you're having the right foods every single day, making sure, you know, you're doing little things in the day to set yourself up for a good training session. Mm. Um, lucky for us, we work in a gym, so we've got a pretty good, uh, you know, we can stop and eat. We can, drink we can go toilet whenever we don't have a very physically demanding job wait you guys go to the toilet whenever you want (laughs) (laughs) we need some reform we'll have to start clocking in and clocking out i remember i'm I'm putting cameras in there (laughs) i remember one of my old workmates in new zealand he used to always go for a shit after lunch and we used to always go why do you go for a shit on uh 
uh, after lunch. And he's like, I'm not shitting on my time. <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's good. But I wouldn't do that, Thomas. No, of course not. <laughs> um, yeah, so creating a routine for yourself. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I think that should be the case regardless, you mm-hmm. know, to maximize your training. Um, but especially in those last few days before the competition where things are a little bit more relaxed and there mm-hmm. is no training, sticking to that routine. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Like it's, it's especially, you know, people, let's say you're competing on a Saturday, people like to take Friday off work. Mm-hmm. Um, to chill out, don't change things on that day. Stick to your routine then as well. Um, try and keep it as normal as possible. I don't know. I don't. You guys can tell me. Do you agree with this? There's there's a lot of people that will say like, if you compete at eight a.m. in the morning, but you normally train at four p.m. Yeah, mm. that's do, what I was thinking. Do your training sessions at eight a.m. in the morning for a while? I think that's bullshit. Mm. I, I'm so I'm with you here, and I've always used uh, my example. It's just an example. I'd always use rugby players. Yep. They fucking, their game could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So when I see someone yeah. saying, yeah, I'm going to bench it at 4 p.m. because that's when I'm competing. And it's like, bro, like. Makes no difference. It, well, yeah. I mean, if it makes a difference placebo-wise, that's a real difference. Mm. But we can tell you absolutely from a performance physiological perspective, no difference whatsoever. Yeah, like mm. could you imagine being a rugby player playing uh, on the Gold Coast where it's fucking humid and hot and then you're flying to South Africa where it's really hot too but the altitude's through the roof. Like, you can't plan for that. What are you meant to do? Like, do your last few training sessions in a high altitude room? No, wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can wear an altitude mask <laughs> if you want. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I'm thinking uh, that's something you really can't control. So Adapt, baby. Because yeah. then how far do you go? Do you play the comp music? Do you get a crowd mm. of people? Do you that's get right. someone walking in front of you? Do you yeah. get side refs, head refs? Do you get the platform set up like it's a comp? Like, Get out of here. Yeah. Why? I have a question because I see a lot of people doing this. Is it necessary to wear your comp suit, like your soft suit, in the days <laughs> leading up to comp? I, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. 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 I, I think um, it does definitely feel a little bit foreign. And yeah. I think the mindset of like I'm getting ready for a comp, mm. I, I think mindset around like – because I say this the same about equipment. People are like, oh, you don't need to buy the new Inza sleeves. I'm like, if you buy those sleeves and it makes you feel like a lifter – you'll feel better. I think I sucked at BMX when I bought like a $3,000 bike and it made me so good so fast because I felt like I was good because I had a a good bike. I I play my piano so much more than when I had that thing Mm. at home because it's a better instrument. No, I, I yeah. agree with that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with, with people wearing their, their comp gear. I think it looks a little bit funny if you're in the, a commercial gym. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in here, this is, you'd be surprised how many people just train exclusively in them. Yeah. All the time, yeah. Yep. 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 I, um, <clears throat> someone walked into the gym wearing a soft suit the other day. So they, we saw them in the car park. They walked straight in wearing the soft suit. And I remember Jimmy Barnes goes to me, fuck, he must have been wearing that all day. Like yeah. that's brave from just to walk into the gym wearing a soft yeah, suit because you know ready. people ready. usually get in the gym and then put the soft suit on. Mm. He walks into the gym and I go, "Brother, you wear that to work?" And he goes, "Yeah, I've been at uni all day." I was like, "Oh, been wearing it under his yeah, clothes." He did. So he wore yeah. it to, he wore the soft suit to uni all day. Wait, who was this? Um, <laughs> I f- I f- out fuck. the guy. I forgot his name now. Is it Michael? It's not. That's sure. it's my client Aaron's. Uh, good mate oh yeah 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 okay, cool. he's got quite a big chest so he's rocking the a7 singlet to yeah, uni my man he, he did he said he did have a lab coat on for part of the day but i'm like wait so you've just worn that all day he goes yeah my coach said i should get used to it i'm like that's <laughs> sick because i would never do that i couldn't do that yeah, yeah. i can barely wear a soft suit at a comp <laughs> yes. but you look good in a soft suit nah, big I, shoulders big yeah. arms big pecs yeah. 
No, no, no. They're, they're the worst. <laughs> Bridget, you, you're one of the people, you're another person that looks good in a soft no, suit. Yeah. You're very jacked. No, you yeah. definitely pull them off. <laughs> mm. Mm. There's some photos. Shout out Neil Jose Photography. He's a great photographer. But some of those photos are too good quality from my last comp. Where, you know, they're not the most flattering. Nah. I got the black soft suit on. I'm standing a little bit funny. Uh, yeah, no, nah, they're not great. Yeah, I turned into Dr. Robotnik where I'm wearing one. <laughs> it's like Eggman. Uh, <laughs> all right. So speaking about routines, uh, like we're talking about what makes a good routine. Mm. Do, you, do you guys think having a routine uh, can also be a detriment? Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you're, if because it, 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 it stops that adaptability. Yeah. You know, if, if you have some, especially with warm-up weights like let's say you have to do perfect warm-up weights i have to do 137.5 maybe you don't have time to change your place and you just got to mm. do the 140 that's on there and ultimately it doesn't matter anyway but like you, you routine is fantastic i think it's good for learning to switch on and everything but you have to be willing to accept that the fact that it might not go to plan on comp day mm-hmm. like you're in a different environment absolutely yeah and try not to get used to training to certain songs as well like yeah. having hype songs because you're not Guaranteed to have that on the day. Mm, for yeah. sure. Mm. Just for try sure. to eliminate as many external factors that you need for, mm-hmm. you know, to stick to that routine, I guess. And for yeah. all meat directors listening out there, don't do songs for the lifters. That's the worst at comps. Because then the song changes every lifter. Mm. Like mm. every minute the song changes. It's really painful to... my vibe. And like, especially a lot of the times they'll do like one song per lifter. So you'll just get the same song, one minute of one song, like mm. nine times mm. a day. Yeah, with, with each lift is a ten. Anyway, that's just my grind. Yeah, that'd be my grievance of the week. That's good. I, Thomas, you are one of someone that you're a fan of, Alex Hormozzi. I heard him say, you know, routine can make you uh, fragile and weak. Mm. Like, and I like I can agree to that to some extent because you know there's been times where I've, uh, well, lately, lately with my new routines, you know, I've it sounds so stupid, but I hadn't had you know my ashwagandha or my four fish oil tablets with a multivitamin in the morning. I'm like, fuck. I fucked up, but it's like, did I really fuck up? Mm. I didn't really fuck up. Like I just forgot to take them, and you know, it shouldn't shouldn't play on me like that. It's just mm. well, it it it's um, it, it learns to teach you, or it teaches you to uh, attach your feeling to your routine rather than how you actually feel. Mm-hmm. It's the same. Like I sleep with a CPAP. If I wake up and it's it says that I've only slept for six and a half hours. I'm like, oh, I'm tired today. Yeah. Mm. Before I even feel tired, I'm like, I'm going to have a tired day. Yeah. Um, and like there's some there's some element of truth to it for sure, but you just have to, you know, adapt to what's in front of you and learn to feel what you're feeling at any given moment. And it's the same with this comp stuff. For yeah. Sure. Like Thomas, you're a creature of habit. You are like, you, I'm assuming you just do routine without calling it a routine. Like, you know, you have your crackers at 2 p.m. You come down for a Pepsi Max at this time. You, you know. Yes, I think I think they call that a disability. <laughs> <laughs> no one calls it. That. <laughs> uh, but no, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's uh, why no one can live with me. I, I have systems, and the, the systems are broken. I get very, very upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can make a whole podcast episode out of the systems around here that get broken that I lose my mind over inwardly. Yeah, yes. give us one. What's one? Yeah, no. I want to know. No. I remember I used to put the uh, the deadlift jacks in the monos because it looked clean and tidy. Thomas hated it with a passion. In but the I, monos? Yeah, this was the old gym, like way back. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I used to think it just like looked under so, them? Um, nah, like inside them so you couldn't see the deadlift jacks. Oh, It was okay. just like part of my like uh, yeah. morning routine. 
yeah. my cleaning routine. It just made me look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it was annoying. It was shit. It was stupid. Like, why are they there? You're right. But it just looked clean. And I used to fucking grind Thomas's gears along with a million <laughs> other things I do. Um, and then last thing for setting yourself up for a successful meet. We've always, we talk about this all the time. And I assume we're going to keep bringing this up on every single podcast we do is managing your expectations. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Like, why say I'm going to total 900 when I'm only capable of totaling fucking 300? Are you calling me out right now? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> nah, but managing your expectations. Yeah. Being realistic. It's, an, it's exactly like what you were just talking about with routine in terms of... Um, you have to accept that, uh, you know, we were talking about how you feel is how you feel. It's the same thing with strength. Like we have strong days, we have not so strong days and you're only as strong as you can be on the day. And our job on the day is to uh, showcase whatever strength you have on that particular day. Like the art of peaking is trying to make that as high as possible for sure. Um, but sometimes the numbers that you have in your head just don't match up to what you're capable of the day. And if you let that ego take control... You can put numbers on the board and then fail them when you could have just settled for something a little bit less than done really well. Um, so absolutely. Going into the competition with expectations is really important, but being able to pivot and adjust to how you're actually performing is the most important thing for putting up the biggest total. The game really shifts as well as you get more experience. Like, you know, for, for CJ or Bridget uh, or even yourself, James, going into comps at the moment, a big part of what you're trying to achieve is hitting bigger numbers than before like chasing pbs when you get more experience the number one goal might change it might be like i have to win the competition and sometimes winning a competition means lifting less than what you can actually lift or than what you want to lift um, and so you learn to shift your priorities and see the competition as a competition rather than just like a testing day the big difference between a testing day and a competition yeah well but yeah that went off off on a, a tangent a bit absolutely managing your expectations and just understanding that everyone has good days and bad days. And and what you lift on the day is not your identity. It's not how strong or weak you are. It's just what happened on the day. Yeah, it's it's um it is it is hard. It's a hard thing for people to accept just because, you know, you work so hard for this one thing, you work tirelessly week in, week out, you monitor your nutrition, you've monitored your training, you've created routines for yourself, you've done self affirmations or whatever for this one day and all of a sudden on that day things don't go according to plan. But I guess it's never it's Never goes how you plan. Mm. I failed 300 in competition three times before I got it. Really? Yeah. I failed at Nationals 2014, Pro Raw 6 2014, and then I went for it again at Worlds in mm -hmm. 2015, uh, and it was the first and only time I've ever been called on depth at, at a comp in my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was after that comp, I was like, I actually have to get surgery because yeah. now I physically can't get hit depth because of the problems in my hips. Yeah, That's why shit. I got surgery after that comp. Yeah, fuck. There's um. What about? So I I didn't successfully squat 300 in competition until after surgery, even though I was strong wow. enough to do it three years beforehand. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like um. Oh, just speaking about managing expectations and things like that, and setting yourself up for a successful meet. Thomas, I'm not trying to chuck you under the bus here, but you've bombed out on one meet or two. I've bombed one, two, three times. Three times. Yep. How, how do you how do you bounce back from that? Have you got any advice for people that? Because I know some people get really fucking beat up, mm. beat themselves up about bombing out on the meat. Quit. <laughs> 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 now, nah, bombing sucks for sure. Um, 
you know, like if you if you do bomb, ideally it's not because of a mistake that someone's made, but just because of bad luck. So, mm. like I think of Kurt bombing when I went over to South Africa, the attempt selection was totally fine. He just tore his hand to shred on his on his opening attempt, and then couldn't open it for the next two. Um, so that wasn't anyone's fault. It was just unfortunate that it happened. Whereas the three times that I bombed were all either poor attempt selections or me being um, inexperienced and missing calls and stuff like that. Uh, so. Again, I mean, it just comes back to what we were just saying. You, d- you don't have perfect days all the time. And if you bomb, it, it just happened. Yeah, it sucks. You've been preparing for ages. The thing you always have to cling to, like this is the conversation I had with Kurt on the day straight away. Like he was in, he was pretty upset about it. Uh, and I'm like, man, did you did you come here to do this as your final comp? Was this the last comp you were going to do? He's like, no. I'm like, so what's the problem? Like, who cares? You're mm. going to come back bigger and stronger next time, just like you're bigger and stronger this time is you're just going to make progress forward. And unless it is your very last comp, there's not too much to be upset about. It's yeah. just a lesson learned that you can then go away, work harder on, on what the issues are and get better. And I don't think anyone remembers Kurt Keogh for... Keogh, am I saying that right? Yeah. Remembers Kurt Keogh for the guy that bombed out at, uh, at that comp. Everyone knows Kurt Keogh for being the fucking monster and how strong he is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I mean, like all of uh, all of this stuff doesn't help when you've actually just bombed and you're sitting there and... Mm-hmm. pretty upset about it but rationally you'll come around to it for sure no that's cool well that's um does anyone have anything else to add to that make sure to have fun yeah over have so fun quickly you do powerlifting for fun mm. no one here gets paid for it yeah we do this because we love it just enjoy it as much as you can mm. yeah it's a like it's a would you is it fair to say it's a it's a hobbyist sport oh absolutely like yeah if there's not uh, like a way to make an actual profession out of winning the sport. It's a hobby sport. For sure. Mm. So like, yeah, you, you all walked into the, we all walked into the sport because we enjoyed it. So yeah, do your best to continue to enjoy it and make sure it serves you if you want to keep powerlifting. I think a big part of that is as well as remember that there's other people around you trying to have fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. It is your day, but it's also everyone else's day. Yeah. yeah. Respect your competitors, respect the people that have put their time and effort and energy into running the, the show, respect the other coaches in the room. Like, there are some people that really try to like, they feel the day is actually just about them mm. and it is about them. And it's about every other lifter. Yeah. Like, respect the fact that there's more individuals in the room than just you. Thousand percent. Mm. All right. I've really enjoyed this podcast. Same. Amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast with myself, Tom Bro, Gidge, and CJ. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, you comment everywhere. I saw a couple comments from uh, Tommy V on the YouTube channel. Yeah, he's all over it. He's a yeah. legend. Thank you for the kind words uh, to myself and Gidge. Uh, make sure you give us five stars on Spotify uh, and Podbean. Make sure you share us around. Do your best to help us out and... Uh, Spread the good word of the Zero Weakness podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.